Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge and much more to talk about. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to see you. What's up, people? How are we doing? Good to be with you all. We're doing good. Coach is here. Coach, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually in the Mark Immelman suite at our Renaissance Hotel as I do PG. So the Wi-Fi is bad. That's what I always tell when I check in. They're like, yep. Oh, it's hor- the Wi-Fi is horrible here. So, yes, <laughs> horrible, horrible. Yeah. But- yeah. <laughs> so if coach is delayed or freezes up, we know exactly why. And rounding oh. out our group for yep. today, Kyle Porter, KP. This is this is going to be fun. We have many things to discuss. I was wondering if that Wi-Fi is the thing that prohibits each of you from being able to upload PDFs and uh, <laughs> make your bets and all that stuff. Coach is just staring at me. He might be frozen. No, he was frozen. He was frozen. That's amazing. That's perfect. I think I might. I know. The, yeah, we we have. Uh, I don't know who's worse at tech. Actually, coach is worse at technology. Mark is actually much better. <laughs> finally, finally, someone recognized. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think that is uh, a, a point in your favor, Mark, as much as it is a point against Coach. We'll take. We'll take anything right now. Anything's a win. <laughs> yeah, I think you won the hole with a bogey. Yeah, so, that, congrats. Well, yeah, Colin Montgomery squared up the match. Yeah, there, Falcovec. There, remember? <laughs> right awesome, awesome stuff. Um, let me go through a couple of housekeeping items here. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, however you want to view us. We are on YouTube. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way for us. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're doing it live, or if you're watching later, drop in the comments who you think is going to win this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Don't be afraid to click the like button, the thumbs up. That goes a long way. And I've also got more news, gentlemen. The Champions League final is set as Manchester City takes on Chelsea in the biggest soccer match of the year. And the K Galazzo podcast has you covered. It's Luis Miguel Echegare welcoming soccer experts every single episode to give game predictions, betting tips, players to watch, post-match analysis, and much, much more. Find K Galazzo wherever you're listening to this show and on YouTube, too. Of course, Kay Galazzo has you covered for the UCL final. Both matches are streaming on Paramount Plus, your new destination for the beautiful game. It's time. Um, That's a really solid read there. Well pronounced, Rick. Bravo, brother. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you very much. Before the show, we was had a little practice run before the show. Uh, so I appreciate that. I just watched the roll right through. <laughs> we had a little bit of news this week. A little on- bit. 
Well, I'm not even referring to Phil Mickelson becoming the oldest man to ever win a major championship because Brooks v. Bryson part, I don't know, four or five. What, what are we at here, Kyle? This, this 18-month feud just got the spiciest it's ever been. Well, and it's never like – it's always when the other person's not there, right? It's always Brooks will send a tweet or – you know, Bryson will put something on Instagram or whatever. And so I want them, I want it to be like, uh, kind of, you know, both of them in person where they're both kind of going at it. That would be awesome. Um, the video is insane. How many times have you watched it, Rick? 200. At least. It's amazing. It's, it's, so I was, I saw it on Monday night. We had some people over for dinner. They left and I pull it up and I'm like, I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a, a deep fake. Have you seen the deep fakes that <laughs> yeah, look? Yeah, they're like, really good. They're really yeah. Good. That are, I thought it was a deep fake, and then I realized that it was. It never got like it just got buried. Like it never got aired. It just got buried. And I don't even. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with it. I, well, I think that. Go ahead. Let's let's begin. Why, why don't we run it? Let's let's start with that. Let's okay, let's okay. let's run this. So so Jacob has this queued up here, uh, and we are going to run the clip that we are referring to, which by my best guess is after Friday's round. It's an interview uh, post rounds with Brooks Kepka. Didn't putt well, but I don't think many guys are going to putt well with this wind. It's it's very tough. I don't like I said. I don't know what other guys have said, or I just felt it difficult to read. You know, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes um, I f- lost. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, <laughs> hearing that. B- <laughs> there you go. So I have a take on this. And this is something that it's not. It might, it's not necessarily an original, but there's a group of us that have been talking about this and. I, I think that Brooks and Bryson are both very insecure, like as as public figures, and they both put up this front. I, I think they're actually very similar. Like I think they want to be beloved, and 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 everybody does, but I think they spe- they want to be lo- beloved in specific ways, and they both put up these fronts of like who they think they should be based on the image they have of themselves in their head, and so for Bryson, that's this. Uh, you know, next level thinker and this and all all this different stuff. And half of it is just nonsense. Like he's just saying big words because that's what he thinks of. That's the way he thinks about himself in his head. And for Brooks, obviously it's the, it's the bravado. It's the, uh, I'm the best athlete on the planet type thing. And that's, it's benefited him in a lot of ways. Cause I think he's kind of talked himself into being that person, at least on the course. Um, but I, it, it just it feels like a front that somebody puts up when they're not uh, comfortable in their own skin, when they're not secure with who they are. Like, can you imagine DJ doing this or Rory doing this or somebody like that? Those are guys that are comfortable with who they are. They don't they don't get into you know just nonsense what feuds like this. So the whole thing is incredibly entertaining, but it also is incredibly petty. So I like, I'm glad for it, but it also comes off from, from both parties as being very petty. You know what I've never seen before coach. I've never seen Brooks Kepka get flustered and he just gets so flustered. He cannot even can, he, lo- he just loses his concentration. He loses his focus. I've never seen that side of Brooks before. 
Well, I'm going to give you my whole take here because there's a very good chance that my Wi-Fi won't make it through the entire show, so I don't want to get <laughs> cut off. I'm being dead serious about that. It, I probably won't make it through the whole show. Uh, first of all, it, it is very, very entertaining. I would love to know if Brooks is talking about the fact that the spikes on the bottom of the cleats made the noise and that threw him off, or if Bryson actually said, you heard him say something under his breath, but nobody knows what he says. Did he say something that was about Brooks? Did he say something? Was he talking to the other guy that was walking with him? We don't know that. All I know is this, petty as it is, there's been a lot of people on Twitter that says, Coach, because you were in professional wrestling for so long, this is what it is. No, 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 no. This is better than that. Because everything that I was a part of was made up storylines. Some of the best storylines I was ever a part of in the WWE was real stuff. When a real guy hated another real guy and they went at it, and Vince McMahon was great at putting these two guys together, or girls, and making them have a real-life feud because they had a real-life feud. So now we finally got video, as Kyle said, of these two guys together, and Brooks doesn't like it. Now for every baby face, because that's what Bryson is now, because the public loves Bryson now. They want to see what the mad scientist is going to do. Brooks has always loved being the villain. But now this is not a good look. When you get flustered, most people would have been like, hey, hey, Todd, my bad, dog. Can we just start over? They wouldn't have F-bombed him. They wouldn't have, uh, have cursed and done all that kind of stuff. Clearly, there's been other things that have happened between Bryson and Brooks that we haven't seen, that we don't know about, to get that reaction. But at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of old school guys that hate this, but there's a lot of new school people that love this because to me, this is what golf needs moving forward. We need guys that don't necessarily get along. I know it's a gentleman's game, but if you want people watching, be interested, bring 18 to 34-year-olds, this is what we need. I'm here for it, as petty as it is. I'm here for it. So before I, I that, agree. I agree. I, I agree with what coach said about that. There's an, like, what's the, <clears throat> you can have a rivalry that's not uh, petty or, or like a feud like this, but man, the, the entertainment is when it's like real, like, Hey, I don't like this guy. Like that, that's, and, and I feel like there used to be more of that. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's just sort of like, oh, things were better in the fifties and sixties. Well, they weren't really. Um, but it, it, it does seem like there used to be more like, Hey, I really don't like this guy. Cause guys spent more time together. They got on each other's nerves and everybody wasn't fine private. I, I don't know. I, I would love to see more of that over the next few years. So in, 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 on the entertainment side of it, before this video was taken down, it had like 9 million views, which is to put into perspective, the same number, uh, <laughs> that tiger tapping in to win the 2019 masters, like that video got on Twitter. And that was two years ago. It's still up in 24 hours. This one gets the same. And Mark, you know, I, I, I do like this comparison almost to like coworkers. You know, if you work in an office, there are guys that just get under your skin. You're seeing them week in week out. We're kind of getting more glimpses into it with like, the Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Rory Sabatini incident from a couple of, of weeks ago. Like the these guys spend a lot of time with one another and they they start to they start to bother each other, don't they? <laughs> they do. Uh, two, I've got two takes. I watched the thing first off, and the, my first thing that popped into my head was like somebody somewhere is getting fired. I mean, the, this for sure. From golf yes, channel. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. This is one of yeah. those. This is one of those things where you have this video, and 
before you put it to social media, you're like, I'm going to cause chaos. <laughs> backlash. And then you go ahead and go, ah, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. And, and, and there's, there's huge ramifications there. We'll never know who that is, what that is. And so when I watched it, I was kind of surprised that someone would release this. And then, I, you know, I, I thought about it some more, you know, because everyone's getting bananas over the thing. And I was like, Tiger and Phil weren't the best of buds. In fact, they didn't like playing golf alongside each other at all until they've grown up. And now they're all a little older and a little wiser. And they've gotten past the competition of it all. Because like Coach points out, like you point out, there is there guys that don't get along. There are folks that wind you up. And some of the guys will do it purposefully just to own space rent-free in your head. And the one thing about Brooks to me always, and I followed him for, what, two rounds, I think it was last week. I was once again impressed about how resolute and single-minded the guy was on the golf course and how it was stuff going on behind him. It was the penultimate group Saturday. The fans are going absolutely off their rocker. You know, Phil is doing stuff that no one ever expected. Brooks is in front just cruising along, not phased whatsoever. Not in the slightest. And I was like, man, this guy's mentally tougher than even I thought. And then I watched this. I'm like, seriously? So Bryson walks behind you because I'd heard that Bryson was doing what Bryson would normally do. Because after every shot, he stands there and he sort of looks and he goes, can you believe the ball did that? And I'm like, yes, Bryson, it did. <laughs> Where he's like completely perplexed that the ball yeah. went in the opposite direction of what his greens yardage book said. Or that the ball fell out the air because the wind suddenly kicked up. I mean, this, is, this happens, okay? So, but this is what Bryson does. And then he relives every shot. He goes, I hit that perfectly, and I hit that one perfectly, and I should have made par there, and apparently he was walking past doing what he does, and Brooks catches wind of the stuff. <laughs> I'm like, Brooks, man, dang, bro. I, I understand this is good for the rivalry, the feud and stuff, but you know, let it go a little bit. I, I thought you were good at this stuff. I, I think that's why it, it resonated with so many people is it was it was so anti-Brooks to get flustered and to lose his train of thought and just get get all all mixed up there. But KP, I, I mean, there's there's been plenty of theories thrown out that that Bryson says something as he's walking by. I don't hear that. I think he is doing exactly what Mark is 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 referencing, where he's saying I hit a good shot there, should have made part, whatever it was. He's referencing something about his round. But I, I think this was the perfect storm. I think it is. Kepka hates the metal spike sound. It's like nails on a chalkboard to him. He looks over, sees sees who's creating that sound. It's the guy he hates the most on the PGA Tour, and he's just like his brain can't handle it any longer. Yeah, I I, I do. I, I think you're right. I don't I don't think Bryson was saying anything to uh, to Brooks. He was talking to I think uh, Tim Tucker, his caddy, was was right next to him. And I was that who it was, Mark. I believe so. And I think uh, I'm sure Chris Como, because, you know, Bryson's got this fleet of handlers alongside. He's got the guy, the guy that, that, that carries these extra long putters and the driver replacement, which came in handy at uh, Harding Park last year when he broke the driver. Yeah. yeah. So, so Bryson's always got you know four or five guys tagging along. Uh, Como, yeah. the caddy. So it was probably one of the group of people. It would be bizarre if he was talking to Brooks during an interview. I mean, he he could see that it was an interview. It, it just, I find that very very difficult to believe. Um, now the Brooks thing, like I, 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 Mark's right. I mean, the the focus and and mental energy it takes to to do what he does on the course 
and then you get rattled by this. It, and that's why that's why it it felt a little disingenuous if he he didn't it, like it, it didn't feel like it rattled him that much, but he was just kind of reacting to it the way that he thinks somebody like him should react to something like that, right? Like, I can't imagine that he was that annoyed by Bryson walking. It's not like, like if Bryson said something to him, which I think we've established that he probably didn't, then sure, like you have a, an emotional, visceral reaction to that. But just a dude walking past in metal spikes, I, I, I don't know. It feels a little disingenuous on Brooks's part of like, well, I'm just going to react because I know that people are going to, I mean, he thought he was being like, he didn't know that they were going to stop the interview. Right. He thought it was going to be filmed and shown. And so he thought, well, this is, this is how a person like me should react to something like this. So I don't know. That's kind of like the way that I viewed it after, after watching it 700 times. Uh, Here's my question. Cause I, cause I did mull over this. I thought it was like two petty, middle school kids that were going after each other right about what she wore or whatever what what he said you know there was that sort of thing but then i was like all right who's getting the pip points out of this (laughs) because this thing went viral so now who gets the credit towards this big bonus that the pga tour has got in for for whoever's drawing more attention to the tour or whatever they want to call this thing I, i i guarantee you there's some of that stuff on the go too so one one other thing, like Brooks's whole shtick is like, hey, I don't care about anything, whatever, man. But you care about this that much, right? Yeah. Like it, it it doesn't it doesn't well, that, align with like go go ahead, coach. Well, I was gonna say that that he did that up until maybe uh, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. He did an interview. You guys remember this? That he was driving in the golf cart with his now fiance, and basically she was in this like really tiny bikini. And they were answering questions that you put up on the Instagram. And basically one of the answers was, the I've been messing with you guys for years now. Yeah, the answer, I've just been messing with you guys. I, it, it's all been just a joke. It's all been a show. Uh, I'm really just a cool, laid-back guy. This blows all of that out of the water. And if I'm the PGA Tour, quietly, and I'll find out tomorrow when I'm in the production meeting, I think secretly – They've got to be happy about this. And that little pot of money for sure be sliding some to both, even though it was unintentional. But this gets attention to the PGA Tour. And this is something you cannot buy. And the, to be honest, the Golf Channel, too, you can't buy this kind of attention that makes people. My mother asked me about it. And my mom is. <laughs> and so this is the kind of stuff that you cannot buy. And I know people are going to. On the outside, in the public, say, oh, this guy's got to be fired, or this is bad, or this is bad. At the end of the day, we might not even see somebody get fired because they may sit in a, in, a, in a room and go, you know what? We all kind of benefited from this. We might have. We might have. Okay, not a word of a lie, okay? My phone just pinged a couple of minutes ago, and there's a group text, website, leaked Brooks Kepko video, whatever <laughs> the thing is over here, and one of the guys over there goes, yeah, I've got to read this. He goes, control the kids, Mark. <laughs> and he's so right. I mean, it's like kids over here. There it is. <laughs> not, everyone's catching this thing. Now, whether it was deleted or not, he's like, control the kids. And that's certainly what it was. I've got respect for them both, but this was sort of infantile a little bit. Rick, what's your take? Um, I think, okay, so yeah. 
Here it is. This goes back 18 months, right? This goes back to Brooks calling Bryson slow on the European tour. This goes back to Bryson on Twitch uh, making fun of Brooks's physique in the body magazine and saying he can't get abs. This goes back to then Brooks tweeted out his two PGA championship, two US Open trophies and said, you're right. I'm too short of a six pack, which is like the perfect answer. This goes back to Brooks Mm -hmm. uh, tweeting out a Kenny Powers gif, uh, essentially accusing Bryson of using steroids and charging that cameraman at uh, at Rocket Mortgage. I mean, there is such a huge history here that Brooks for every every jab has been to me the victor and and to see the guy who is supposed to be the alpha male who does not get like like it would be one thing like if Bryson was kind of like this dorky nerdy guy, like that's what he's supposed to be. That's what we expect from him for Brooks to get flustered like this. I think it's a bad look. I don't know what caused him to do it. Um, and I think it's just, I think it's strange. Just so out of character, but isn't, isn't, I've seen somebody else say this. I I can't remember who said it. So I apologize, but isn't it like Brooks is kind of punching down, right? Like Bryson is not in his world. I mean, he's just, that's a great point. Brooks is a four-time major winner. Like he, he, he almost won his fifth major on Sunday. And it's almost like, I mean, can you imagine Tiger or somebody doing this to somebody that had won one major championship? And so that's why it feels a little bit like what, what like this doesn't match up with who you say you are, Brooks. If if you're like, I'm a, I'm like way above all this then just be above all of it because you are like, you're, you're a four time major winner. Like until Bryson gets in your, on your planet. And and especially with the way that he thinks about this stuff, if Bryson, if if Brooks says the only thing that matters is major, then Bryson's not even in his stratosphere. Right. And, and yet he's, he's almost like affirming that he is. So I don't know the whole thing. It's just, it seems odd to me. I've got one more point because Kyle makes a very good point there. Um, Remember the match last year when it was uh, maybe the year before when it was uh, Mickelson and Brady versus Woods and Peyton and yes. Tiger's sitting there in whatever room it was and he's just worked out and Phil's doing Phil. You know, he's got the trophy cabinet behind him and the glass <laughs> and, and Tiger goes, oh, it's getting a little chilly and he just pops on the green jacket. Done and dusted, man. I mean, the, like, like <laughs> even though Phil's now won a major in his 50s, Tiger's still the boy. And all Tiger's going to do is drop one little, one little, you know, even even a little uh, jab, and and that's that. That's the story done. And and I, f- I found this curious. Uh, again, for me, I was surprised that Brooks would punch down. Yeah, yeah, and I and I, I think to, to 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 wrap up my take on it is is I think Kyle hits the right nail on the head when you're looking at let's just say commercials. If you put Brooks in a commercial with MJ Tiger. All the, Tom Brady, he fits because of his swagger, because of his confidence, because of how he carries himself. And then Bryson is in commercials with Bubba Watson hitting into a simulator, right? So when you just compare how you go about it, it, it's completely different. It's completely different. And Bryson loves I – think, I think he is like a child in this way, that when he hit – I can't remember the whole – it was a part three. It went right over the flag stick. He still had 25 feet. To the crowd behind him, it, it looked like he was tight. And they went bananas. And what did he do? He went <laughs> like that, right? That. And so he, he craves that. Was remember that? He craves that yeah. attention. There, okay, there you go. So he craves that, right? Brooks would have been completely <clears throat> different. He'd been like, 
Yeah. You know, I just put like one finger up and then kept kept moving. It's just it's just different how they go about it and how they're perceived. And so I think it's a great point, a great way to wrap it up, that they're just in two different worlds right now. Bryson's not in his, but he brought it to him today. Yeah. There, there probably wasn't much that could uh, trump the Phil Mickelson winning uh, major at 50 storyline, at least for golf Twitter, but it certainly did that this week. Uh, so let's give credit where it's due. Phil Mickelson, Mark, I, I think... I don't know if it's to to everyone's surprise. Back in the field this week, he was very clear on Sunday night. He said, I'm going to play Colonial. I'm going to take two weeks off, and then I'm going to head to Torrey Pines, baby, and I'm going to get ready because I'm gonna, I, I'm feeling good, and I got another crack to complete the career Grand Slam. Um, I hope he wins Torrey Pines, man. <laughs> that would be the best thing ever. Uh, and, and, and I'm a firm believer, and I've said it time and time again, you know, the PGA Tour, it's like any other major league. It's a momentum place and people make runs. And when you get on a run, you've got to flog that horse, man. You've got to get a move along. And so he's obviously playing with high confidence. He's going to be freewheeling and he's onto something. I mean, the guy, the guy's onto something with a focus, with a change of pace between shots, with that two wood. Granted, he's carrying a 47 inch driver in the bag and everyone's talking about that. But he hit that thing sparingly, man. He put the ball in play a bunch off the tee. So I'm keen to see what he does around apparently a very soft colonial. Uh, I'm heading out there tomorrow morning and it's been raining nonstop since the Byron Nelson. I think Kyle can probably confirm this. And, uh, and so it's going to be a receptive place. And, and he's just figured himself out mentally and physically. And, and I'm, I'm keen to see, cause he let us in afterwards. I was traveling, so I didn't see much of the press clip and the conferences, uh, the, the press conference. But he said, you know, this might be my last win, but mm-hmm. this also might be me going on a run. <laughs> and knowing Phil as I know him, <laughs> likely the latter. So, so I'm keen to see what goes on from here. I think the, the, I hope it is. That would be awesome. But I do think sort of the underrated storyline here is how emotionally taxing it is to win a PGA at Kiowa. You know, it's, it's one thing to win a Byron Nelson or even colonial, which is a great tournament, great course, but man, he, he, I think he emptied the tank and I think he can fill that back up by Tory. Right. It's a month away, but maybe not. Like I, I just, I think it was more, I mean, remember tiger after he won the masters, like he was just toast for the rest of the year. And some of that's physical that Phil doesn't have to experience. But I just, I think winning the PGA and rightfully so took an emotional toll that is uh, incalculable uh, going forward for the rest of, of 2021. Yeah, you are so on point there. I, I got to tell you, after walking around that place, I didn't even do four full days. We did a full day of Saturday, Sunday, and just a short relief session Thursday, Friday. What you didn't see between tees and fairways was sandy walkways. And the, yeah. the sand fine. And your feet are twisting around on there all of the time. At the end of Saturday evening, I got to the room and my hips and stuff were sort of not locked up. Now I'm giving away my age a little bit, but I'm like, Holy <laughs> you're cow. younger than Phil. <laughs> uh, yeah, just less than a year. But I, I sort of sat down. I'm like, this has been hard work. And he's playing under the pressure of trying to close this thing out. So there's the mental and emotional bit of it too. And the last couple of days here at home, because I drove back Sunday night and I got in really late, I've been whipped. It's like you wake up in the morning and you're just groggy. 
And so it's been extra coffee and stuff. Not that that's out of the ordinary fulfill, but but that's that's a really good call there, Carl. The, 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 how mentally and emotionally taxing that week was. And, I and especially oh. I'm sorry, Mark, and especially coach for a guy who has who has told us focus has been an issue for him, right? And, and to to spend that energy, to spend that focus, to try to now say, okay, uh, I just did all the all the pomp and circumstance, and now and now I've got to uh, turn my attention to Colonial. I'm very intrigued on how this goes. <laughs> I, I was I was very intrigued uh, for a, a few points. First and foremost, uh, from a betting perspective, I saw on, on a couple of books a Chris Kirk, Phil Mickelson. Uh, head-to-head yeah. matchup that Phil was like minus 170. I would be so far all over Chris Kirk, I can't even tell you. Secondly, he certainly was channeling his inner Mark Immelman on Monday because he was not out at the course. He was kicking it by the pool with a big old – he line. was drinking wine straight from the bottle <laughs> with his shirt off looking spelt and looking lean. And I think that the thing I took away from it the most – how humble he was in his post-game, uh, post-round press conference. He gave credit to his teacher. He gave a lot of credit to his brother for giving him the pep talk after his bogey early on in the round on Sunday, where he pulled him aside and said, listen, if you're going to win this, you got to free yourself up, and you got to be committed to every single shot. He gave credit to him. But I think what we saw is what we see flashes of in the spring, that he'll play really good and make that big number or have that big round where it's a 75 or a 76, consciously at some point he said to himself, I can't win that way. I can't win hitting bombs. And so he didn't hit bombs except for on 16 when as a 50-year-old he piped on 360 yards and told Brandel Chambly afterwards, sometimes you got to hit bombs. And Brandel, I hit a bomb. And I thought that was an incredible way to end the week. And if he plays this kind of golf, guys, I think we could see him not only win a few more times, but certainly compete at majors. Well, he is in a featured group. He is going out with the defending champion, Daniel DB straight vibing, Daniel Berger, <laughs> and the best player on the PGA Tour, <laughs> Jordan Spieth. Mickelson Berger Spieth. That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one. That is your featured group for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Anything else, Phil, related before I kick us over to the break and get us to our betting preview? Real quick, do we think that the U.S. Open just course setup is great for him? Because, I, I, I mean, honestly, this time last week, I wouldn't have said Kiowa, but I think Kiowa is a little different in that US, the modern U.S. Open, and correct me if I'm wrong, especially you, Mark, uh, the modern U.S. Open, especially at a place like Torrey, seems to be like, hey, hit it as far as you can and go find it. I mean, Gary Woodland, Bryson, and Brooks are your last four. They've won the last four U.S. Opens. Like, that's just your that's your template right there. And I'm curious if you think, because we talked about how the PGA of America does an unbelievable job setting up their courses, and I think it plays into the hands of a really great ball striker and somebody who can use the win, like just somebody who has an all around incredible game and not just the guy who's 360 off the tee uh, without any consequences to where you hit it. So does anybody have any thoughts on just the way a, a, a U.S. Open at Torrey would set up? Um, I don't think it will just because of the Kikuyu rough and how punitive it is. And so it's going to lend itself to a Brasson really, if you hit it in the rough, but you can just bludgeon the thing out there. Yeah. But I've also been told, and this, I speak under correction, so please, social media, don't have me if I'm wrong. Um, 
I've been told by folks who live in San Diego that this time of the year, it's way drier and different to what we experience when we go there for the farmer's insurance open in the early portion of the year. So the ball runs out in the fairway a bunch more. Um, the, the, the rough will still be lush and thick, but I don't think you're going to have to hit it that long off the tee like you would earlier in the year when there's the marine layer is a bit more dense, the air is heavy, it's cooler, um, in the mornings won't be as chilly, uh, I, I, but the ball will roll on the ground. So with that being said, if I was handicapping the thing right now, I would say to in my gut, no. But hell, this is Phil. How many cuts did he miss coming into this event? And then he looked downright invincible for four days. I, I mean, that's that's sort of where I landed of like, well, what the hell do I know after thinking about Keelan, uh, you know, last week? Like, who who would have said that he could contend at a place like that? So I, I, I sort of agree with you in that it's the guys with the – and I, I don't know. Phil has a ton of club head speed right now. But the guys with like Bryson that have just – immense club head speed that can get it out of that rough and and hit hit greens like he did at Tory. But who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe they'll set it up a little different. Yeah, I, I want to add to that quickly. The thing about Kiwa, it looked like, you know, when we had the preview show, Kiwa was difficult to me because of the way the wind played around the place. And the greens were these rounded, perched up, so many of them off the green, asking you to hit the ball high into heavy winds. So it sort of looked like a lynx, but it didn't really play like a lynx because you had to elevate the golf ball in many situations. So that's why I thought the place was going to be really hard. And it turns out four was competitive. Phil was just, you know, really good. Um, but so 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 from that point of view, Kiowa was wider off the tee than Torrey Pines is. Torrey Pines is narrow. Yeah. It's in front of you. You, you. You've really got to be sharp ball striking-wise. And then, Rick, you asked – I just want to say this um, – you asked before we get to the betting lines. It's not the anniversary, but it is kind of the anniversary of going back to Colonial. Because remember, yeah. golf opened up there last year. Yep. And I remember being there and how poignant it was. And with nobody on the course except for players, caddies, the, the, there weren't even volunteers out there. You know, the, the, the place wasn't roped. Um, and it was felt like a college event to me. And caddies were having to sanitize rakes after their wrecked bunkers and it was all sorts of weird stuff and no one knew what was going on well last week in south carolina <laughs> i was like my lord we are removed from what we were about a year ago in terms <laughs> of just what you saw on the 18th hole with the crowds out there and so going back there tomorrow i'm excited about this because now it's going to be so crazy to have been there a year ago with nobody Mm-hmm. You have a playoff where someone wins and one guy's crying and the other guy's angry and there's no fans going crazy. Well, last week it was like the Messiah showed up on the shores of South Carolina. It was incredible. It was, <laughs> it was the biggest dichotomy of emotions I've ever experienced on a golf course, to be truthful. I love it. Looking forward to seeing Colonial with some fans out there. We've got some odds and ends to do. We've got to go through our betting cards. Our best bets are one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. The chilling news. 
new original docu-series on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And we're back. All right, this is our little betting contest. This is where we take $100, 100 units, whatever you want to call them. We take them over to William Hill, and we allocate them accordingly. Kyle and Greg are big winners from last week. But, Coach, we're going to start with you. So, Producer Jacob is going to pull up your betting card here, and I'm going to walk you through this. So, let's start with your matchups. I see Abraham answer in a three-ball over Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed, and then I see Jordan Spieth over Justin. Justin Thomas, so a little bit of a JT fade here, and then Zalatoris uh, to beat Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I'm really bullish on Zalatoris. He's, he's coming home. He really needs to play well. I think he's motivated. He has to have a win to make it into the Fed Cup playoffs. So I love the number there. That's my best bet of the week. I think the week over JT is going to be terrific. But the answer one I love, plus 200 in the three-way, I just don't think JT's playing well right now. I, I, I don't think he's striking the ball well. I think coming to a course like Colonial uh, handcuffs him just a little bit. He is great with the wedge, and there's a lot of par fours here that you're going to be seeing guys coming in from 125 to 150 the entire week. Uh, so that scares me a little bit. But I think Answer is playing terrific golf. He's a top 10 machine. So I'm banking on the fact that JT and Reed will not finish in the top 10. So I love all three of these plays. The rest of your card is a Tony Finau top 10. Daniel Berger to win Group B over at William Hill, which is Justin Thomas, Daniel Berger, Corey Connors, Brian Harmon, Jason Kokrak, Justin Rose. And then you round this out with a, a, a world-famous KP double chance. Jordan Spieth or, <laughs> Jordan Spieth or Will Zalatoris to win. And Love for it. that, you get it six and a half to one. I'm just in love with what William Hill does with these double chances to win. Because, quite frankly, other sports books just don't do this. Uh, so I think Jordan Spieth is going to come in. I almost played him to be the first-round leader. Because when he plays really well, um, most of the time he has a really good start. Just a couple of weeks ago, he shot a 9-under to lead after the first round. Uh, so I had to back that up because Spieth is only around, depending on the book, 900 or 1,000 by himself. So adding Zalatoris to this, I only lose about 300, which that's good value. Uh, so I love that. And Tony Fina. I just don't think Tony Fina will play well here. The metrics I looked at, his name started popping up everywhere. You're going to give me nearly plus 200. I'll take that uh, as a top 10. And give me, out of all of these, your six options on here, Coach. What is your best bet for the Charles Schwab? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go speed minus 120 over JT. Uh, I, I, I think JT's pressing a little bit. Uh, other than the players, I really don't think he's played all that well uh, this spring. And he's certainly missing the cut. Last week didn't play well, so I think that continues this week. Jordan Spieth over Justin Thomas, minus 120. That is Coach's best bet. Thank you very much. We're going to go to you, Mark. You are up, and this looks like a Mark betting card. Five different bets allocated at $20 a piece. Let's start with, I'll give you two at a time here. So you have two three balls, Joaquin Neiman over Tony Finau and Scotty Scheffler. And you're also thinking there's momentum for Gary Woodland over uh, Brian Harmon and Billy Horschel. 
Yeah, I do. And this is typical here for Emil Moon who hasn't gotten to spend time looking at the bets before the <laughs> podcast comes on. So I quickly zip through some picks. I need to win a little bit, honestly. Um, but Finau, I was, uh, pardon me, Neiman, I was watching him play last week and he is getting so good. And um, he's just complete. And he looks like he's just mm-hmm. going from strength to strength. And the golf course is really going to be right up his alley. Um, Gary Woodland looks healthy, looks well, looked solid for a large part of last um, last week's event to me. And um, <laughs> I joked with the, for the folks who didn't know it, um, Brian Harmon was Rick's one and done pick last week. And I saw him in the fresh market, you know, kind of looking pretty incognito, really, shopping for him. <laughs> Um, and, this, so I, just this, think, I, I think Woodland can take those two. Um, and then I'm high on Abraham answer this week. Anytime Brian Harmon is out, he is incognito. And secondly, yeah, yeah. if I want, if I want to hear, I don't want to hear that my one and done guy is shopping at Fresh Mart or whatever. So that was not a great text to get. Yeah, Fresh Mart Fresh is Mart. good. Abraham answer Abraham over Colin Morikawa, and Abraham answered a three ball over Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really high on Abraham Answer. I feel like he could take on the world right now, and and he's got that look in his eye. I was, I was watching him, um, the the latter portion of his round Sunday, and he, he's just got that supreme confidence about it. it doesn't look like anything's going to get him down, and so uh, I'm really high on him this week. And then there was a playoff last year. Um, I'm on the crew. I don't want a playoff, so I'm putting twenty dollars on someone winning by one, please, very much, so I can get back <laughs> to the hotel and out of there. Thank you. <laughs> you know, playoff versus one shot margin are, are based on whether you're working or not. We are getting a little bit of, of reverb, so we're working on that behind the scenes. We'll take care of that. Let's go to my betting card here. And hey, take take Jacob's one and done pick away if the reverb continues. <laughs> Just don't let him pick this week. <laughs> he makes all the rules, so like he's not going to take it away from himself. It's like it's it like be, how no, he's the, vote to inc- increase their salary. They're not going to vote against that. Come he's on. the he's the commissioner. It's the players' league. We we make the rules, <laughs> or we should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, KP, here's here's my betting card. I'm going back to the well. This strategy has worked very well for me. Two big bets on matchups. I'm going this time with Zalatoris over Scotty Scheffler and then Joaquin Neiman over Justin Rose. Justin Rose gained like 11 and a half strokes putting last week, KP. I can tell you for sure. That ain't happening again. Yeah, he. Uh, I noticed that. I, I think of the guy. He finished in the top 10, right? I think he he, he was one of those guys at T9. Yeah, he lost strokes on approach. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I saw that. I was looking at his statistical profile and he just, he made everything. He was, I think he was the only guy in the top 10 that really had a great, great putting week. Everybody else was very middle of the road. So yeah, I love the Neiman over, over Justin Rose, even, even though Neiman's the pretty, pretty healthy favorite there. Yeah, he's minus 133. That is my best bet. Uh, one, minus 133, pretty significant when you start getting into four-round matchups. And then, Coach, uh, Doc Redman, I'm going back to him. I think I think it's time. I think he's trending in the right direction. I've got him inside the top 20 at 4-1, to one, and then I've sprinkled just a couple of nuggets on Patrick Reed to win this golf tournament and Charlie Hoffman to win this golf tournament. The thing that uh, you know we've been chatting about, Coach, is the guys that Patrick Reed is around, his peers on the betting board, Abraham Answer, yeah. Tony Finau, Will Zalator. And no offense to these guys, but he has more combined wins than everybody else around him on the board. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 funny because it, Patrick Reed, even though I'm I, I picked against him with Abraham Answer, it's not because I don't think he's gonna play well this week. It's like I'm with Mark. I think Abraham Answer is poised to finally get a big win and break through. 
And so I think he's just going to finish in front of him. But I don't mind that because over plus 2,000 is kind of my threshold for where I would bet on a winner. Doc Redmond needs to figure out on Sunday how to stay in the mix because he can play great for the first three days, and all of a sudden he just blows up on Sunday. That's been his, his MO. And Charlie Hoffman, we know he's tight with Phil, and I think he's going to use Phil's win as motivation and say, hey, I'm a 40-something. I can get the job done too, and he's playing good enough to do it. All right, Kyle, you are up, sir. You have five bets on the board. Let's start with your one matchup because then you go with four top 10s and top 20s, which if I remember correctly, you did that. You've been doing that pretty effectively recently. Yeah, I don't. The matchups are just so good. Like I, I see I see a guy's name and I'm like, oh, it's great. And then I'll see the guy next to yeah. him. And I'm like, these, yeah. these are the two guys. Like yeah, that's yeah. the one guy I didn't want to see when I looked yes. at first. Yeah. Exactly. Um but yeah I'm I'm actually playing with I think for the first time in a while uh house money. Like if I lose all my money this week I'm still up. So that's Correct. a good feeling. Correct. Okay. So you've got Will Zalatoris over Scotty Scheffler. That is one that I think a couple of us had. So obviously a lot of love for the uh, ball striking phenom. Yeah. I've got a lot of ball strikers in this group. If you look at the top guys in approach play uh, since I think it's April 1st, it's Morikawa 1, Emiliano Grillo 2, and Zalatoris 3. So you know, it, Colonial is, you know, how how good is your iron play, right? And that's, we talk about that every week, but it, it, it's less dependent on uh, driving distance than most places. So Grio plays great at RBC Heritage. Uh, Morikawa is incredibly accurate, but not necessarily long with his driver. So I love him at a place like this. He could have won last year, lost in that playoff to Berger. So these are all guys that are just really striking the ball well right now. And then Spieth, top 10. Spieth plays unbelievably here. I mean, his numbers at Colonial, go ahead. I was going to say, to steal a phrase from Mark, he could roll out of bed and get a top 10 here at Colonial. <laughs> it's incredible. His record at Colonial is a joke. I mean, if you look at the all, the last 10 years, the strokes gain leaders, I don't think anybody's above like 1.8, and he's at 2.5. I mean, he just plays so, so well. Even with the last few years of not really playing very good golf, he just he he's he's so steady at a place like Colonial. So uh, it's not a great number, but I do love him to top 10 Hoffman and Grillo top 20 Morikawa Spieth top tens. You got to give me a best bet. Pick one. Uh, I'm going to go with Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman top 20 is Kyle's best bet. My best bet is Joaquin Neiman over Justin Rose. Marks is Abraham answer in a three ball over Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed. And the coach went with Jordan Spieth over Justin Thomas, which leaves us with just one more thing to do. Arguably the most important thing that we need to do. It is the one and done. So I'm pulling up the results. And as I do, coach, coach. is putting his head down because he knows what is about to come. Because he knows we start at the bottom and he knows that. That is where he has been residing with $2.4 million. Coach, let's find a winner. Will Zalatoris, lock it in. <laughs> if you tell me I can't take him because I'm on the road and I didn't bring my one and done sheet with me, if you tell me I've already taken him, I might quit. I won't, but I think I you're good. I think you're, you're good. good. You can take Am I good? Him. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Don't worry. All right, good. Okay. You can't. Right. You can't take right. Sepp Straka, but even... you can take Salatoris. 
I'm probably the only person that's going to even have Sepp Straka on the off the board by the time for sure. the playoffs get here. I guarantee it. For correct. Sure. Definitely that correct. A, that was a terrible play. Uh, <laughs> Producer Jacob, you are $900,000 clear of coach. You are at 3.3 million. You are coming off a week in which you got $59,000 from Jordan Spieth. Probably not what you were looking for. So let's get a little momentum this week. Yeah, let's get some momentum. I think I do need to point out that I technically won the PGA Championship for us that week with that T30 from Jordan Spieth. Uh, Amazing. That's a joke. It, it is so happy. a joke. Uh, so we're going to... I've been hemming and hawing about who I want to take. Uh, honestly, we we started the second ad break, and, and I was like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I need to, I need a one-and-done pick. I'm between Chuck Hoffman mm. and, and straight Chuck Hoffman and Chuck Schwab. <laughs> I think I think that's the connection there. Uh, so I I think I'm gonna do I think I'm gonna do the Chuck. I think I'm not gonna hassle the Hoff, and I'm gonna go with uh, Charlie Hoffman here. I was actually upset to see that I used him at like Bermuda or something like that, and I was like, I'm really think- great to have him right now. <laughs> Greg is not here. He used Rory last week. Got twenty four thousand. Uh, he is. Just about 120 grand clear of you, Kyle. And you are coming off of a Daniel Berger $19,000 week. You have cooled your last three weeks, $75,700 in total. You have been surpassed by Mark again. You guys keep going back and forth. Let's find something good here. Well, everybody I want to take, I've taken three times, which is kind of (laughs) par for the course for me. Uh, Have I taken more? Have I not taken more, Kyle? That can't be right. You have not taken Morikawa. Give me Colin Morikawa. Wow. Let's go. Wow. How did you last that long? Wow. It was wow. 20, 30, 33 events. Wow. I, I mean, I, I took John Rom like literally four times. So that's, that's how that's probably how I lasted <laughs> that long. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Mark, we're going to unmute your mic here shortly. So, okay. okay you. you we're going to remute you. There we go. Okay, so here we go. So, Mark, you are uh, <laughs> barely barely clear of Kyle. You are $40,000 clear. You are coming off of a week in which you got a goose egg from Charles Schwartzel, your countryman. You went with Mark Leishman the week before. You got $84,000. There's a lot of jostling on the leaderboard. Who are you looking at this week? Corey Connors. Corey, Corey Connors. Love it. For Mr. Mark, I'm just confirming that he has not used him, in which he has not. You are all clear there, which just leaves me. Uh, I got $0 from Fresh Mart's own Brian Harmon. Uh, so it's I fresh, actually... It's Fresh Market, by the way. It's Fresh Market fresh or Fresh Mart? <laughs> what is Fresh, fresh market? market? It's a grocery store. It's very good. <laughs> is that a Southern thing? I've never heard of that. I don't know. Maybe. They have one in Augusta, don't they, Mark? Yeah, Mark is nodding yes. Mark, we have Mark, Mark on timeout. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, this it's is sad. like around the horn where they can't talk. <laughs> and producer Jacob is controlling his mic, which is the worst part. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with Matt Kuchar because that's where we're at. He's played well recently. I I don't mind him at this course. I'll take Matt Kuchar, which means Mark is taking Corey Connors. I'm taking Matt Kuchar. Jacob is taking Daniel Berger. Coach is taking Will Zalatoris. And Kyle is taking 
Colin, Colin Morikawa. Correction, wow. I'm taking I'm taking Charlie Hoffman. Oh, sorry. Chuck. 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 Did I, did I Chuck write Burger? Double. That was before I uh this is before I changed my mind. But Cor- correct. Charlie Hoffman. Burgers, sorry. Or excuse me, Hoffman. The Hoff. Hoffman. The <laughs> sounds like you don't know who you're taking. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just I we have found out I read whatever is on the outline. Jacob could write literally anything in there and I will read it off. No problem whatsoever. Uh okay, gentlemen. Um, we are going to be tweeting out all of our sleepers, top 10 picks to win, best bets, one and dones, all of that. It'll be on Twitter at First Cut Pod. Same on Instagram. And uh, yeah, that's where all that information is coming from. Before before we go, anything else? This is your mega preview for the Chuck Schwab. Anything else? Brooks Bryson at Tory. I need the pairing. I need it. Imagine if that was the final pairing. <laughs> It might be. I mean, the last four U.S. Opens, they've thrived, right? Yeah, yeah. They've they've won half of them, right? They've won three. They've won seventy five percent of them. Yeah, they've won more of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Man, that would be awesome. Sunday right. night, prime time. Brooks Bryson. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We are out of here. This has been your mega preview pod for this week's Charles Schwab. Thank you to producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. That's Mark Immelman who give us a wave, Mark. Thank you at Mark underscore Immelman. That's the coach who you can see on PJ tour live this week at the coach rules, Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.